After a song like that, you can almost just go home, right? You know what I hate? Splinters. I hate splinters, and frankly, I think everybody would agree with me that nobody knows anybody who likes splinters. I mean, it's you're going about your day, and you're not bothering anyone, and then all of a sudden, because that piece of wood has something against you, or because the stars have aligned against you, it sticks out just enough to get stuck in your hand or your foot or whatever exposed skin is showing splinters. I hate splinters. The worst thing is when the splinter goes all the way in. You know what I'm talking about? When it gets stuck completely under the skin. And so you're left there clawing at the splinter and all of a sudden your hand's completely raw because you've been messing with it all day. And then finally, you go and you grab the tweezers and you yank it out and it's done with. What do you do when it's not a physical splinter? What do you do when it's something that someone said that gets lodged inside of you? It doesn't go away. You don't have the luxury of grabbing tweezers and yanking it out like the physical splinter. It just lurks there under the surface. Like, have you seen the damage that the word loser can do to a child? Just one word. But it gets stuck in their brain. You can see their shoulders fall and you see the smile slip off their face, sometimes, if you're lucky, it doesn't go all the way in. You can catch it before it does. They can shake it off. You can look at them and go, no, no, sweetie, you're amazing. I love you. Sometimes, sometimes it gets stuck under the skin. You watch their shoulders fall and the smile slip off their face every time they have to go to school because they're thinking, is it true? Is what they said true? Got stuck under the skin. How do you get that out? The splinter can happen in all kinds of ways. Sometimes it's our own fault. You know, when you say something or you do something and boom, you can't take it back. I know somebody, he had a temper. His kids were misbehaving, they were driving him crazy, they were getting louder and louder, and something in him finally snapped. He took the mug of coffee he had in his hand and he threw it across the room and it shattered all over the back wall. Kids looked at him in that moment like he was somebody that was dangerous. That look from his kids, he later told me, got stuck under his skin like a splinter or it's someone else's fault. He says, you don't really fit in that dress, and boom, it's stuck, and you can't get it out, and now you're wondering, does this fit? Does this look good? You go to the gym and work harder and harder, but you're always wondering, am I ever going to look beautiful? Or it isn't anyone's fault. It's an illness that throws everything out of whack. You're always worrying what's going to happen. You regret the time you've wasted. You work and you worry, and there's that question mark, because you don't know what's next. The question is like a splinter that gets stuck under your skin. Our psalm today is about a splinter in the heart. The psalm is written by David, the king of Israel. And the reason we had such a long Old Testament reading today is because that's the background of our psalm. 
You might know the story, the story of David. He's at his palace, he's relaxing, all the other men are away at war. He sees a beautiful woman, he desires her, his vision narrows until all he can see is that he wants her. So he seduces her, and then a big mistake is made, and everything is just out of whack. Because David did something he was not supposed to do. David made a huge mistake, and now he was trying to cover it up. His vision had narrowed completely until all he could see is what he wanted. All he could see is what was good for King David. But when his vision was restored, when he looked around and saw the devastation that his actions had caused, devastation for him and devastation for many others, the guilt, the shame, the regret, the anger, they were lodged in David's brain, stuck under the skin like a splinter. So that's when he writes Psalm 51. And that is our scripture reading for today. Hear now our scripture, now that we can hear it in the context that it's in, as it comes to us from excerpts of Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions. And my sin is ever before me. You desire the truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me in a willing spirit. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Can you hear the plea in David's voice in this psalm? Listen to this line again. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Do you know that feeling? That your sin sits there ever before you. You're at work, you're sitting at your desk, still thinking about that thing not working because your brain is a million miles away. It's under your skin, you can feel it, and it's all that you can think about. Your kids come up to talk to you, you snap at them because all you can think about is that thing that's under your skin. That's how splinters are. They get lodged there. Now here's where these splinters are a little different than physical splinters. A physical splinter you can get out. You can grab the tweezers and you can work it until finally it's out. But these, these other kinds of splinters don't have that kind of control. Sometimes they never go away. Sometimes they're never completely resolved. 
We get used to them being there. And then all of a sudden something will happen and it's as fresh as it ever was with all the fear or the shame or the regret that's still sitting there under the skin. It's still waiting there like a surprise party you don't want to be at. What do we do with splinters in the heart? They get stuck in us. We don't control how we get them out. So what do we do? That's why David writes a psalm. He doesn't say it once. He writes it down. He memorizes it. He memorizes it because the way to deal with these splinters is not to ignore them. It's not to bury them deeper. It's not to harden our hearts so we won't feel anything. Why would David write the psalm? Why not pray it once and be done with it? Because what he's done is still around him. He's not finished repenting. It's a situation he can never fully fix. The guilt and the shame are still with him. Do you think you ever forget a situation like that? No. So he needs something else that he can carry around with him, just like he has to carry the splinter. The splinter got stuck. He can't get it out. So instead, he gets this psalm stuck too. He starts with, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me, cleanse me. He begins by asking God to intervene, inviting in God's presence. Wash me, cleanse me. He invites God in and asks God to do only what God can do. David goes to God. We can't get the splinters out from under our skin, but we can get God under our skin too. That's why we can always hope for something new. The first line of David's prayer is, have mercy on me. It's an invitation for God to come and intervene in David's life. And once he asks God to intervene in his life, then David lays it all out on the table. The cries and the pleas and the anguish and the asking God to come in. But why does David say, deliver me from bloodshed? Well, he had this woman's husband murdered in the thick of battle. Why does he ask God to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem? Well, he's the king. So when he did this thing, the kingdom, they were worried. They were shaken. They doubted their own leader. They doubted their safety. So he asks for God to intervene, even in the lives of those in Jerusalem. And he memorizes this psalm. So that this splinter, the thing that he did, is not the only thing that's stuck under his skin. He memorizes the psalm so that God can get stuck there alongside it. So when the guilt and the shame hounds him, he can respond. So when the temptation to sin again hounds him, he can respond. Respond by reciting the psalm that he's memorized. This is how God teaches us to respond, to get God inside of us. 
This is why we partake in things like communion at all. This is why we come to a communion table. Because in this tangible and spiritual way, we ask God to be stuck inside of us. I'm giving you a challenge today. Just like the kids were asked to go out and draw a picture of God and and let that be the person that protects them, I'm giving you a challenge too. In the bulletin, you have a sheet of paper. On the front of it is pieces of Psalm 51. On the back, it's left blank. What I want you to do over the course of the next week or two is find a psalm. Find one in scriptures, find one that speaks to you, and memorize it. Or if you can't find one that speaks to you, write one. Write one and memorize it, even if it's short, just a line or two. But memorize it. Get it stuck inside your heart. Get it stuck so that when you're at your desk, when your kids are going crazy, when you see something or remember that thing that's stuck under your skin, when that splinter begins to tear at your heart, you can turn to God. Get the psalm stuck in your heart. Because when you do, you'll be able to pull it out in all phases of life. So when you're in need of help and you don't know where to turn, you can call out Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. When you're depressed or anxious or upset or scared, you can cry out Psalm 43. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and so disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. When you're filled with joy and excitement and something great happens in your life, you can pull out Psalm 95. Come, let us sing for joy. Let us praise aloud the rock of our salvation. And when you're lonely or scared, you can whisper out Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. Get the psalms stuck under your skin. Get them stuck there. It will invite God's presence into your life so that you can pull them out in all phases of life. I talked to a monk one time on a school trip to a monastery because that's what you do when you're in seminary. And he told me that every night they had this period of silence complete silence from the closing prayer that they had at night until they broke the silence the next morning with the morning prayer. He told me that this time of silence at night allowed your heart to be stilled, allowed the drumming beat of the psalms that they had read that day to really take root. You see, every day the monks gather together and they chant psalms. The silence at night is what allowed the psalms to set in. He explained that those psalms became the new meter to your life. Constant, clamoring, drumming beats of the psalms. Memorable, under-the-skin kind of chants. David needed such a psalm to get stuck under his skin. Because all of the guilt and the shame that he had, he needed God to get stuck under his skin. 
so do we. So let the psalms you read and the psalms you write and the psalms you pray get under your skin. Let them become that new, clamoring, humming meter to your life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we know that we all come with different splinters under our skin. We know that we carry them around and often don't know how to respond to the anxieties or the fears or the guilt. And so today we ask that you would re-enliven us to sit down with your word, that we might learn it and memorize it and know it by heart so that in moments we can call it out. Might we call out your words to you as you become the new meter in our lives. Christ's name we pray. Amen.